Psalms 33:1 Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. I wonder how many of us have praised the Lord this morning already. If I ask you to raise your hands, if you have literally said today, praise the Lord for something, you might not raise it too high. You may have forgotten. You might be afraid someone would call you a Pentecostal if you raised your hand and said, praise the Lord. It might be of interest for you to know that we were the first Pentecostal church in Portland. And I'm sure that the people a long time ago certainly remembered to praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. You have to put yourself to it. You have to remember to do it, to praise the Lord. We have some exhortations in the Bible, many of them, to praise the Lord, and it's an important part of our worship, praise, and thanksgiving. A full heart, full of the goodness of God, is prone to praise the Lord ready to praise the Lord. And from that full heart of praise comes the words, praise the Lord, or thank the Lord. This isn't just something we practice on Thanksgiving Day. If it were, we'd be woefully delinquent in our praises. It isn't just reserved for Sunday when they stand up together and all pray as someone leads in prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving. If that's the only time we pray, we're woefully behind in our obligations to God. And we are seriously behind in our privileges of claiming the benefits of God and of feeling the blessing of God. Would you believe it would actually help us just to say, praise the Lord? If you haven't done it, try it sometime. You say, oh, I've heard so many people that say, praise the Lord, every other verse, every other word than every sentence at least that kind of turns me off. All right, that might be all right, but does that say we have a license then to be afraid of what they're doing or afraid they did it wrong? Even if they do it to excess and without meaning. We aren't to do it without meaning. We are to mean it when we say it because you notice it says this text I read, for praise is comely for the upright. It's out of place if you're not right with God, really. To always be saying, praise the Lord, is, is empty. There's nothing to it. And unless it comes from a heart that really has the praises, it's better unsaid. But if we have it in our heart, then we should say, praise the Lord. We should say, thank the Lord. I preached last Sunday in Florida twice. Sunday morning in Century, Florida... Sunday night in Pensacola, Florida. Those people down there can teach us a few things about saying amen. They know how to praise the Lord. And if you say anything worth listening to, they're going to say amen. And they're ready, ready to let it be shown. It may be more of their style, all right, to give themselves openly to and quickly to praises, but it's because they have it in their heart, and because they practice doing it. You know, if we pray, 
and practice praying. I mean by that, pray often. We're more at home when we pray. It feels better when we pray. God answers more because we pray more. Yes, praise is calmly for the upright. A lack of thanks is a plague of the worst order. If you don't believe it, look around at someone who never says thank you. They get it, they'll take it, be nice to them, and they'll accept it. But if they never say thanks, it isn't just me saying plague on them. They have a plague of the worst sort. It's a plague not to be thankful. It's a blessing to be thankful. And you'll not be thankful unless you practice thankfulness. And it begins by saying thank you. It's just that simple. You should teach your children to say thank you. They won't say it unless you do. You might say you ought to say thank you. But they might say, you don't, Daddy. You don't, Mommy. What good does it do to say, tell them to say thank you unless we do? But if we have it in our hearts and then practice it by being thankful, the plague will not be ours. The blessing will be ours. It's a blessing to be thankful. If you don't think so, try it. People who don't appreciate things are unhappy. They have to be. You're either up or down. You're in or out. You have it or you don't. You're happy or you're sad. You're open or you're closed. You're ready or you're unprepared. So the person who appreciates things has it all over those who don't. And you should look for something to appreciate. You appreciate the chance to sit down in a warm building this morning to come to give thanks to God. Did you ever tell Bob Green thank you? Now don't tell me you're so thankful if you haven't said thank you. He sees to it that the heat's turned on, that the clock that turns it on is right, checks it to see if it's all right, early watches and late watches and times like that, and we take it for granted. I talked to Jim Williams yesterday evening in Honolulu, the pastor of our church there. I called because of that awful storm has been there. They've been protected from harm, no damage done to them nor the property there nor to any of the people in the church that he knew about. But they had suddenly found that the land of paradise was turned upside down. You couldn't go here nor there because trees in the road, power lines down, no electricity all day yesterday. That's quite a disadvantage in a playland like Honolulu. Things aren't always that way in Honolulu. All, most of the time they're just uh, celebrating and going on. How many think about, I thank God for electricity? How many happen to think about, I thank God there's no trees in the road? I have a roof on my house. I have gas in my house. Even over there in one island, the gas mains were all ruined. Every, everything is all out of order. But how many would remember to thank God in a pleasure-mad place like that? Very few. But it isn't for us to condemn the folks in Honolulu, nor those who are there on vacation. It is for us to look in our own hearts and ask ourselves, are we truly thankful? Do we truly praise the Lord? We are told in many places in the Bible to rejoice. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 12. Deuteronomy 12, verse 7. 
And there shall ye eat before the Lord. God, uh, the, the, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. When they come into this particular place where God's blessing will be, when they finally get to Jerusalem where they'll have a place that God will put his seal of approval upon, he said, And there shall ye eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. When you have this, then you'll rejoice and thank God for the blessings you have. You and your household will rejoice. On down further, verse 12 says, And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levite that is within thy, within your gates. Verse 13, Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. God was particular that these people realized what he wanted of them, then that they do it. He was to choose this place for them to worship and for his blessing to shower upon them. He said, don't go off and do it just in the old way. Do it the right way. And rejoicing, praising God, remembering what God had done for them was an important part of this. But the orders were all interlaced with commands to rejoice. How do you rejoice? You look for something to rejoice about. Of late days, we've had rain around here that um, made things a little slippery if you try to climb an incline. might be a little soft if you stepped in the loose dirt somewhere, and you might find yourself in mud. But which is the better way to look at that? By saying, oh, this terrible mud. We should say, thank God that awful dust is settled. It hasn't been so long ago since it was hot and when it was dusty. And you look for a shower. You'd say, oh, we Oregonians will feel better when the rains come. All right, they've come. So we should remember we are better off when when we are in a place that we can enjoy ourselves, when the rains come. But if you get too much, then you're also ungrateful. Enough is enough, but too much is too much, isn't it? God sends the rain. God sends the sunshine. He causes the wind to blow. And yet we are prone sometimes to complain too much about what God does. Of course, if it's cold, you must put on a coat. You must protect yourself from the weather. And you don't go around rejoicing because your feet are wet. That's not the point. But the point is, no matter what comes or what goes, you can praise the Lord anyhow. You can praise God if you set yourself to it. And if you will do it, you'll overcome the obstacles that are in your pathway. And one of the great obstacles that are in our pathway is a lack of appreciation or a lack of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18 says, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice all the time, that means. Let it be your habit. Your practice, do it. Rejoice. Even if you have other things that you can't rejoice about at the moment, don't cry because of all of that, but look at what God has done. Find something the Lord has done that's given you courage and faith to this point and rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks 
For this is the will of God concerning you. So it isn't a matter of a choice we have, uh, really. If you want to be happy, be thankful. If you want to do the will of God, be thankful. If you want to have the blessings of God, thank God for them. And remember the hole of the pit from which you were digged. That's what we do when we testify. We have testimonies of people saying, I once was sinful. I had problems and loads to bear. Habits that had me under control and I couldn't control them. But I found the Lord. I came to a place where I could believe the gospel. And I heard the gospel. I believed it. I responded to it. And truly when I did pray, giving my life to God, repenting of my sins, then I found victory. I found a new life. Why wouldn't one praise the Lord if they've been delivered from darkness to light? Why wouldn't they praise the Lord when they've been loosed from the bonds of sin? If they were in prison and the warden opened the door and said, You're free? Oh, how they'd look up at the sunshine as soon as they got out. They'd take a deep breath and say, Sure smells better outside. Uh, and they'd walk faster and say, The further I get to that front door, the better I feel. I've been there too long already. Of course they would. Anyone would. So same way in a spiritual sense. When we have been set free, when we have found it, no wonder that praise is, is for the as Christian the natural thing. Of course it is. Rejoice evermore. There are a few rules for joyful living in Philippians I'd like to refer to now. We all would like to live joyfully and happily and live a full life. Here are some scriptures to help us do that. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord. The first verse. How are you going to be happy? Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. I can't emphasize that enough. Paul says. God speaking through him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say. Repeat it again. Rejoice. Have you said praise the Lord this morning? Have you said thank God this morning? If not, you should. Have you bent your knees before God this morning? Have you remembered Thanksgiving is more than feasting? Well, if we remember that, our food will taste better. Yes. It isn't just the feast of, an, of a year or the, of the season. No, every day. If you pray before you eat your meals, every time you... Uh, come to eat, bow your head and pray. Thank God for it. If you do, the food will taste better. You'll appreciate it more. You'll look at the bread and you wonder where the wheat grew that produced the bread. You wonder, you wonder. When you go to some place in a faraway land and you see the food that they serve you, you just wonder where it came from. Well, sometimes there are two reasons for that. But in our country, at least we just wonder about how the distribution system of the world could be as it is to bring the bread to our table, water to our tap, lights to our houses. All of the things that are provided come to us in a wonderful way. They have been brought about by the providence of God. Oh, men have been instrumental, of course, in doing the job and engineering all of the features of this to bring it about and planning it and this, the system is all there but it's all a blessing of God that it works like it does even our economy now 
because of the slowness of things, it bothers. It hinders. It's a, it's a detriment or a load to bear. Why? Because it just isn't working so well. Do we remember last year and the year before to thank God that the economic system of our country works as it ought to work? Not as much as we should have. We've taken too many things for granted. Those who've had jobs before and never thought about losing them. It's a different feeling. It's an awful tragedy, a traumatic experience indeed for a person to lose their job after having depended on that for a long, long time. Well, when we have it, a little or a lot, even the unemployment we get when we're laid off, thank God for that. The charity of your neighbors, the benevolences of people around about you that know you, speak a kind word or help you in any way whatsoever. Remember, the Lord is doing this. Remember to thank them because they're an instrument of God's blessing you. No matter if it's only if a government gives it to you. You say, oh, the government owes it to me. Is that so? And not necessarily. We have to look to God. Governments fail. Systems fail. Things bog down. But God doesn't go to sleep. His system doesn't fail. He's always there. He's never asleep. They're going on a journey. Have you thanked God for that? You try to telephone someone in our home. You try to telephone someone else and the line's always busy. You think, oh, I wish they'd get off that phone. I, I'd like to get to them. Or I wonder where they are. If they aren't home, don't answer the phone. That person never stays home. You never get them. You wonder where they are. God isn't gone. God isn't asleep. God's line isn't busy. Have you thanked God for that? A telephone line to heaven. A privilege to pray. If you're so sick you can't walk, God can hear you from where you are. If you're so struck you can't talk, God can understand the yearnings of your heart. Have you thanked God for that? We should. He's always there. Thank God for the gospel. Have you thanked God for this place of worship? I do. I have a special uh, attachment to this building. I was saved in this building. The altar is down in there 30 or 40 feet from where it is now. Back uh, years ago, this was the back of the building in those days. And I prayed over in there somewhere about where Art Richardson sits, a little further back there. I knelt there one Sunday night and prayed my way through. So sometimes I stop there and I look up toward the ceiling. And I ceiling's different now. It used to be a dome ceiling there all the way like the sides are. But I, I look up and I think, so long ago, right about in here somewhere, I knelt on my knees, held up my hands and prayed, and God, for Christ's sake, forgave me my sins. I had that memory. I went back to a place in Tennessee a few years ago where God first, one of the first times God called me in a meeting. They had a Brush Arbor meeting there across the road from a primitive Baptist church. The primitive Baptist church uh, were very sacrosanct about their property. They didn't let the other Baptist people use it because they didn't believe the same doctrine. So, but at least they loaned, us the, loaned the people the benches out of their church and they took them across the road and built a Brush Arbor. And put brush up on poles and in between the trees to make shade in daytime where you could come in there and have a meeting. And in that place, I, I remember God calling me and I went forward to try to get saved, but didn't, and I thought I did or hoped I did, but didn't quite make that contact that really was a knowledge of salvation for sure. But I remember how God called me. And I went back a few years ago to that place and I looked to try to find about where it was where I sat there and where I went forward to pray that first time I'd prayed in church. And lo and behold, if somebody hadn't desecrated the spot, it was just the open trees across the road from this, from this uh, primitive Baptist church. 
But I had thought some way, I guess, that there's something so special about that that, that when I get there, it'll look like it did when I was there. I shouldn't have thought that, of course, after all those many years, but I went there. And someone, of all things, had made a horse lot out of that place. A little old barn and horses running around there, right on the very place where I had looked up to God and prayed. And I thought, oh, how could that be? Well, they didn't know. They weren't there. We didn't own the property. The church folks didn't own it. It was just open property there that someone someone owned. But I, I had that affection for that because I had thanked God that he'd call me even a long time ago. So I looked toward the west. The sun was about to set in the west. I lived in Portland, and I was there because of my mother's illness. I'd been to my uncle's house, who was down close to there that afternoon. And I looked, and the sun was setting way over in the west. And I th- thought, thought, wonder how many times the sun has come and gone. Around and around, the earth has spun and it says orbit, and the sun has rose, and the sun has set, and many, many years have gone by, but I still thank God that right there I could hear the voice of God. Have you thanked God for that memory that first time God called you? Have you remembered to thank God for it? He hasn't called everyone the same way He called you. He enlightens every man that comes into the world. But there's a particular thing about how God has dealt with you. God has blessed you. God has talked to you. Have you thanked God for it? Have you remembered it's the goodness of God that brings us salvation? It isn't just our right. We haven't earned it. No, it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that enlightens us, let us know that that burden can be lifted, that Jesus died that we might live. Have you thanked God for it? Or have you hardened your heart or stiffened your neck and said, I, I'd like to forget it? Don't you do it. It's a blessing of God that God deigns to talk to men, that God deals with us as individuals. He loves us. He loves you. Have you thanked God for his love? You say, oh, but I haven't appreciated it enough before. Well, start now. Thank God for his love to you. If you'll appreciate it, you'll see it'll do it doing more and more for you. It'll open up like a bloom. It'll begin to open up to be something bountiful and wonderful to you, and you'll thank God for it. And the more you thank God, the better it is. The more you thank God, the more He's open to do for you because we are to let our requests be made known with thanksgiving. We're to pray with thanksgiving. So today is a good day to do that. To pray, to praise, to rejoice, to give thanks to God. And remember, He's done all of this for us. We're here, blessed of God, to be in a place like this. We have a place of prayer here. I invite you now to follow me 44 years in a few months Plus that. Follow me to a place where I prayed in this, in this building too. Where scores of people here in this building have prayed at this, at this very altar. And they have found the Lord. We look back on that. We thank God for it. We remember it vividly. We praise God for it. We'd like to have you join with us in having your prayer answered at this altar. What better thanksgiving could you have than to give thanks to God and have Him do something for you that you need done this morning. If you aren't saved, we want you to be saved. We invite you to come this morning and pray with us at the altar that you might have the joy of sins forgiven. You can have it before you leave and know you're right with God. Or if you're saved already, want to be sanctified, or you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you're sanctified, you're eligible. As I said, we were the first Pentecostal church in Portland, Oregon. And they came here preaching salvation and sanctification and the baptism of the Holy Ghost that had come on Azusa Street in Los Angeles. That was the beginning of the Pentecostal movement in America for the most part. And we have had great heritage. We should honor those who took their stand. 
We should remember them. The tendency now is to disregard authority, disregard advice, and disregard honor and patriotism and, and the honorable people of our past. The, the tendency in the world is to downgrade all of that. That's not God's will. God's will is for us to remember what they have done for us. They have brought us a rich heritage. They brought us freedom in our country. We should thank God for our freedom, for our liberty, for our president, for the Congress, for the courts, for all we have to protect our rights. Don't blame them and always deride them and always to be a negative and frowning. And No, just remember, God knows what goes on. He rules the affairs of man. And we can thank God we've had our portion of blessing. But a lot of that comes about because America has remembered to thank God. If we forget God, then he forgets us. But if we will remember, remember to pray, we can have the blessing. So we invite you to come and join with us in praying. We'll stand and sing 119. We sing this song. We'll invite you to come to pray if you would like.